Gentlemen, welcome back to another brand new episode of the EPL Boys. You're home to everything English Premier League soccer and a little bit more. My name is Matt, as always, joined by my best friend through the internet, JD. JD, it was, in fact, a weekend. I can't get normal ones anymore, because why the fuck not? JD, this 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 weekend in the Premier League was a little bit crazy. We've we got into it on the pre-episode, which I, I don't know, maybe we should do something with that in the future, but not a great weekend for you and I, at least on the EPL spectrum of this. Uh, but JD, uh, in your own words, I'll have you explain how was your weekend, how are things, and 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 yeah, we got we got stuff to talk about. Yeah, we do have things to talk about. Um, my weekend was good. Uh, I went down to Maryland to help uh, one of my best friends move, and uh, that was fun, exhausting but fun. Got to watch a couple of the games. I was a little busy for most of the days. But um, watched Liverpool, and that was uh, not fun. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was a good weekend. But the best thing is I can look right behind me. We're recording this at 6.36 right now, Eastern Time, and it is still light out. And uh, It actually is. It's just a nice feeling that it's with daylight savings time springing forward. I, I'm just so happy that I can literally look behind me, and it is still pretty pretty light out. Um, it's been a while, but we're finally getting closer to warmer weather, you know, later days. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just makes you feel better. It just uh, heightens the, the mood. And I know pre pre recording, you're a little heated. So I know we're going to get right into it, but, uh, I'm feeling good even no, after I, the, I, after the results. And Aren't they, like, in the process of, like, taking away us ever changing the time again? Like, isn't yeah. that, like, I feel like, like, it would it, but my question is, would it be what we're at right now, or would it It would be what we're at, yeah, it would be right what now. we're at right now. The whole, the okay. whole point of, uh, well, no, not the whole point, but a big thing with Daylight Savings Time was for agriculture, um, for farming, which would be with, with what we just came from, you know, it being lighter yeah. earlier in the day. And that's where, like, I, I don't think it's as, like, I don't, I don't have a huge opinion on it, to be perfectly honest. But if I have my two cents, it's like, I, I would say it doesn't really make that much of, of a difference these days. Not that agriculture is, you know, any less important. I just think, like, who cares? <laughs> but JD, where is our beer going to come from? We need the agriculture. Yeah, we need that, um, we need that wheat. Yeah, what is it? And I think, barley. like... And and, and I kid you not, and don't, you can quote me, the movie might have been wrong, and I could just be spewing National, are you going to bring up National, National Treasure? National so, Treasure, so, Ben so Franklin. You know, ben you know Franklin, what's funny? Baby. You know what's funny? That's actually a disputed fact. So so what what Riley says in that movie, okay, I know- I you remember the name is Claude. Oh wait, this is a Nicolas Cage movie. Of course you know every character <laughs> in this. Well, yeah, that Riley was my, that says was my, that was my fault. The scene, if, if everyone remembers the scene, they're in the clothing department or the clothing store. And he, it it, ben, and uh, Nick Cage is looking at the hundred dollar bill. They're looking for the time. It says three twenty three. And they say, what time is it? Oh, three forty seven or something around that. They're like, oh, we missed it. And Riley says, 
No, he didn't. Because daylight savings time wasn't first implemented until World War One, and then after the war, it, it it went away, and then it was implemented again by Franklin uh, D. Roosevelt during World War Two, and then after the after the war ended, it went back, and then it actually wasn't fully implemented in the U.S. until 1966, and then there uh, they made it on, so the only the states basically had to decide, and only two U.S. states do not observe daylight savings time which which are arizona and hawaii see you came to the epl boys for a very very heated episode but you got a history lesson like you know what's i'll funny? be honest that sounds like i just read that off something i really didn't i just actually know that and the whole the, the disputed part about the movie about national treasure is there are some sources that you know go to ben franklin may have like had an idea about daylight savings time but it's not really like that set in fact it was it was some other guy in like the late 1800s that really proposed the idea so it's maybe maybe ben franklin said something like oh maybe for this part of the year because it's you know colder i don't know and agriculture isn't as much of a thing so you need to get done early in the day who knows but here we are (laughs) Here we are. Uh, it's light outside, and it's almost seven o'clock. You love to see it. All right, let's let's kick this off. And JD, there's only one place to start. We're starting at the seven thirty a.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff. Bournemouth one, Liverpool nothing. Um, I could not find for the life of me, and I, I'm very much annoyed. Uh, for the life of me, I could not find Coke Zero Cherry anywhere on a shelf. Um, Coke, fix that, please. I have something I need to send to Jamie Carragher. Um, I, I hear he gets quite thirsty on episodes. Uh, but JD, one nothing against Bournemouth. This is, what, six days removed from scoring seven against Manchester United. Seven days. What happened in seven days? Well, it was six days, but, um... Six. My I, apologies. Yeah, I don't know. I it, it's it, it's just it, it happens. I, I think Liverpool were the better team overall, but you have one slip up on a fast break, and that can kill you. And and Liverpool overall this season lately they've been they've been good. They've been good. They they have really changed their season. But this is a result that shows over the course of the season how they've played. And I. It's it was bound to happen after after you know you know five match days of just good results from Liverpool. I I I should be more mad, but honestly, it's it's whatever. Like it's not, if anything, this just spices the fuck up the rep, the relegation battle. So I I I honestly I it, it's whatever. I I've said moat for most of the season. I don't expect anything from Liverpool recently i've said like i think liverpool have a good chance for fourth place and i still think they do i still think they do but i i I have always since like the fifth week of the season ever since uh luis diaz and jolta and for me all of them got injured (laughs) and now they're starting to come back but ever since then it's I, i fourth place would be an amazing feat at this point but if they don't get it i'm not gonna be that disappointed because I'm, I'm i'm just not really expecting it yeah this um 
watching this game confused me in a lot of different ways because like the entire time I'm watching Liverpool struggle I kept just getting these like weird flashbacks in my head like where the fuck were these struggles last week dude like seriously like I could have used one of these struggles but uh and you got one of those struggles <laughs> we're not there yet JD we're not there yet I, I I'm very much I, I'm I think you are correct where this is just the inconsistency of Liverpool this season just kind of shows its head. And I want to give a quick shout out to Logan, a former, uh, our former like host on this show. His exact words the second, I think the seventh goal went in for United to us was, yeah, now watch us struggle against Bournemouth next week. And like literally like it happened. He manifested it. Um, Mo Salah's missed penalty. I'm not overthinking it. Like he he missed. I t- like, I totally forgot that happened. Holy shit! That I I actually completely yeah. forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. Like it happens. Like when <laughs> like when Bruno missed. <laughs> I like, watched I'm the saying, game. Like, I completely forgot about that. Wow. Like when Bruno misses a penalty. Like shit. Like again, any player, any consistent penalty kick taker, they're going to miss one. No, 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 no. See, here's the thing. This is what I said to my girlfriend at whenever that in the morning when that happened. I literally told her, like, Mo Salah has not taken a penalty in the league this season. This was Liverpool's first penalty attempt of the Premier League season. I, I can't believe I that I blocked that out of my mind just now. I, that's, I, I'm actually not surprised in the slightest that Salah missed that penalty. Even, even as consistent as he is at penalties, that is the first penalty Liverpool have been given in the Premier League this season. That's a stat. That um, is a stat. I, I honestly, so, I, I completely forgot about that. That's crazy. That's, I, so, I, I think it, at this point, I, it just wasn't Liverpool's day. Like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> so it just wasn't going to happen. So this is, this is a massive shakeup. We're going to talk about the table as we finish talking about all the games. Um, but this, these, even if they got a point out of this, this could have been a really big day for Liverpool and, and we're going to discuss it, like I said, after we talk about all the games, like what the table looks like, and then we'll talk about the implications of this game. But let's move on. Leeds 2, Brighton 2, uh, Bamford, um, McAllister both getting on the goal sheet, and then um, Harrison felt so good and so bad at the exact same time, being con- conceding the own goal, and then 15 minutes later getting the game-tying goal. Probably one of the better goals you're going to see this season. I mean, my man absolutely bent it. JD, this game was back and forth. This game was high intensity. This game was fun. It was all over the place. There was chaos. It was at Ellen Road. This game was a fun 10 o'clock watch. But at the exact same time, I think the result is fair. And I give it to Leeds. Because Brighton are a team that's in a pretty good chunk of form. Trying to get themselves into a top, you know, six, top five spot. For Leeds, who's in the relegation battle right now, this is a massive win for them. Even though it's only a point. Yeah. It's it's a huge point, and look what happens when you start Brennan Aronson in the number ten role. Good things happen. An unexpected point against a very good Brighton side. It's almost like if they keep doing that, they might stay up. I <laughs> uh, that's I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but yes, I think Brendan Aronson wasn't terrible today, so good for Brendan. Um, although it's kind of funny, they sub they didn't have Brendan on, or they did have Brendan on. Excuse me, but they didn't have Weston McKenney on. Like, give us all three. We want all three. If you're going to shove the America thing down my throat, give me all three of them in the same midfield. But overall for Brighton, I feel like this is just a little bit on the disappointing side, strictly because 
they did dominate in massive waves in this game, and they look the much better team, but just didn't have that little finishing touch. They didn't get those chances on on target that they needed to, and I feel like that really hurt. Like, I'll be honest with you, they took two shots on target, JD. And those two shots are, you know, one went in, the other one got deflected in. Like, it's it's crazy. So, for Brighton, I feel like this is like, hey, you got a point, and you should count your blessings. You got that, because Leeds looked good today, and there's nothing to take away from them. So, let's move on. Leicester City 1, Chelsea 3. Chelsea finally gets some goals on the board. Uh, Daka getting the only goal for Leicester. The goals for Chelsea coming from Chilwell, Havertz, and Kovacic. Yes, Kovacic still plays for Chelsea, if you forgot. Um, Chilwell giving the I can't hear you celebration to literally his former club is like, I am very surprised a Leicester player didn't come up and just absolutely whack him at some point in this game. I just, I don't, I don't, like, get why he did that. Yeah, it's stupid. It's not even that, like, it's his former team. Like, I don't think there was really that much bad blood from that transfer. I mean, maybe there was a little bit, but, like, at the same time, what is he celebrating? <laughs> Chelsea are in 10th. Like, it's that, it's not that big of a step up from where Leicester are. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'll be honest, I periodically came back and forth from this game a lot. Um... Uh, phase getting the double yellow red card. Um, JD, I am ready to give my bad player of the year award, and it is it, to it might be fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's. Uh, dude, I'm sorry. I get it. We still have like ten plus games. Le- you you win. Whenever I'm seeing something of you, it's either an own goal, double yellow red, red, or just being fifteen yards out of position, and it's like, I hey. You found your way into a Prem squad, and no one's going to take that away from you, but it it's not it, JD. He's, like, I'm not going to lie, and this is nothing against the MLS. We love the MLS on the EPL, boys. I feel like he would be great for, like, someone here, like, in the United States. Like, I think he would be just fine at like Atlanta United. Atlanta United or a Charlotte would love a Woot phase. <laughs> I mean, look, Leicester and their central defenders, what more is there to say? You know Manchester United is going to get linked with him for a ridiculous amount of money. Like they were obviously with Harry Maguire and then Soyuncu, I know he was linked with United, never happened, but thank God. <laughs> Like, that was, like, one of those things where we just watched it, like, hold, hold, and then he turned well, to because, shit, and we were like, no, Yeah, I was going to okay, say, Sancho was good, good, good for Leicester for a, for yes. a bit. And- yes, yes. But the thing is, is, like, United were like, wait a second, let's not get fooled on this twice. I'm, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I was shocked that they didn't pull the trigger on that one. Dude, if I ended up with a back two pairing of Harry Maguire and Soyuncu as my center backs... Like, just run at them. You don't have to do anything special. If you just run at them, you'll be fine. Like Also, I loved... Well, actually, no, 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 hold on. We'll get to it in the United game. There, there's Remind me that there's a really funny Harry Maguire point that I noticed while watching the game when he came on. Just remind oh, me when we yeah, get there. I, I, let, me, let me put it in my notes. Hold on. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> Maguire bring up. Okay. I don't know what I'm about to walk into. Um... Also, um, what is it? Um, 
Mudrick getting his first goal, uh, his first goal assist contribution, getting assist on the Kovacic goal, killing the meme of 007. He... Well, no, no, he already got 007. This was like oh, his I... ninth or tenth game. Oh, I thought that. Oh, maybe in the no. league. Okay, no. never mind. Okay, okay. My apologies. My. Apologies. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe in the league. That's the league. possible. That's, that's possible. I, I, th but... I think that's it. But. Yep, so he got his first goal assist contribution of the season. So, you know, let's let's see what happens. What happens with the $100 million Ukrainian. Uh, let's move on. Tottenham 3, Nottingham Forest 1. This game kind of just was, like, straightforward. This, like, Richarlson scoring a goal, end up being offsides, takes off his shirt, does the shush. That's, this is what JD and I live for. We live for goals scored by Richarlson after he celebrates like he just won Brazil the World Cup and then to find out he was like two centimeters off sides, which brings me back to, don't you love when computers and stuff like that are in charge of making sure of correct decisions and not leading it to the hands of human error? Like, bravo to the computer lines, VAR, you guys did a great job. I just wanted to stress, I cannot stress that enough, how great, the generated computer lines were for that goal. It was wonderful. It was fantastic. I can't compliment VAR enough. But yeah, this game was straightforward. Uh, Harry Kane on the goal sheet twice. Young Ming Sung getting his first goal. And JD, how long? Like it's 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 been a while. Like, yeah, a little bit. I it yeah, was so. it was helpful for my fantasy team. I, I don't think the rest of my team is good, but uh, yeah. Sun scoring, you know, always yeah. always good for me. But a massive three points. Tottenham are now continuing to apply pressure to Manchester United for that third spot on the table. So, JD, I mean, I said a lot, and I know I did. This game was pretty straightforward. I didn't really grab anything from this that I learned from either team. Nottingham Forest are just not it. I think Nottingham Forest can stay here in the Prem, but I just don't think they have it right now. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised that it, they didn't do more. I think, I think Spurs are punching above their weight class um, at the moment. And, and that's me saying that as they're playing Nottingham Forest. Don't get me wrong. On a normal day, in a normal season, Spurs should be beating Forest. I think Spurs are just, again, punching above their weight class I, I in any game they play. I, I think when, when they look, you know, in quotes, good, like they did in this game, I think it's inconsistent. So, bravo, you had a good game against a decent opponent. I, I don't think it's good. You're not going to consistently get three goal games like this. I so I, I I don't know. Take take the result. It's a great result. You're putting yeah. You're putting pressure on United at this point, and be careful because you you played 27 games and all the all the boys playing behind you, all the teams have played less than you. They all have games in hand. So yeah. It's. I just don't see the consistency there that Newcastle, Liverpool, Brighton, Fulham, I think they can catch up, basically. Yeah, if if Tottenham didn't grab all three points from this game, I would start to hit the, the worry button. Not the panic button, but the worry button. But three points, massive, massive result. Um, next game, uh, I'll be honest, I don't think I, we're going to talk too much about this. Everton won. Brentford, nothing. Uh, McNe Dwight McNeil getting a goal in the, f uh, what, how many seconds into the game, JD? Lame. I mean, it's like 40 seconds, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I'll be honest, this game kind of sucked because this was, first of all, it sucked for everyone but one person. 
Sean Dyche lives for games like this. A goal in the first minute, all 11, all 10 guys behind the ball. Because that's what this game was. Like, and it's funny because outside of VAR coming in and ruling out the Damari Gray, like the goal, like the goal came off of his arm. I'll be honest. Sean Dyche wakes up wet from wet dreams about games like this. Like he physically fantasizes about being up one nothing in the first minute and then defending for eighty nine minutes, knowing that's all he has to do. Um, Brentford just don't have enough to break down teams like Everton when they have a lead. That's it. I, I really don't know how else to describe it, JD. Yeah. Um I, I I'm I'm disappointed in Brentford. I, I think this was probably an easy game for them, and they controlled most of the game. But uh it's like you said, a Sean Dyche team. You go down early, you are going to have a very hard time. And that's that's just what happened. I everything you said was was spot on. I, I think Brentford, this is this is three points lost heavily because I, I any day of the week, Brentford are the much better team. And Everton just capitalized early and didn't do anything else. Like, to put perspective on this, if Brentford won this game, not Drew, won this game, they would be one point behind Liverpool on no, the they, same they'd amount be of on- They'd be on no. the same amount of points as Liverpool, probably less on goal difference. No, yeah. no, you guys are four points. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I can't do math. Sorry. So yeah, one point. Behind. Um, let's Confirm. move on to it. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's move on. Another boring, boring game. I mean, ish. It was boring, ish. Crystal Palace zero, Manchester City one. The only goal coming off of an Erling Holland penalty. Um. I didn't see the penalty. Was it was it was it a city penalty? I, I no, didn't see was, what led. It, I saw it, the I saw the goal. I just didn't see what the penalty was. I think it was the correct call. Okay, yeah. But, I just, I but apparently, but apparently, apparently, and we're gonna get to it. Apparently, me thinking something is the correct call is far from the truth. So well, it depends. It depends what it is because we talked pre-podcast, and this is why we were a little heated when we started. No, it's it's Crystal Palace did what they do against all teams when they play at home. They just play really frustrating football. They try to hit you on the counter. They, they they basically bring back Roy Hodgins for an afternoon and being like, hey, let's just 4-4-2 this bad boy and see if we can grab a result. And they almost did. But, you know, a late second half penalty would see Erling Holland get another goal. And I'll be honest, it's hard to say Manchester City weren't deservant of the three points. But, like, it's just frustrating that like Man City, a team that is pushing for another title challenge, is leaving it to a penalty kick to decide three points on the road. I, I don't know, JD. I, I, I'm very mixed about this. I, I also don't have an opinion, really. It's like, it happened. This game happened, one nothing. I really don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it, it, it does tend to seem like when City should be beating someone and they're having a tough time, it usually tends to be a, a penalty that decides it, whether or not it's a you know a good penalty. Like I, I I just didn't see it, so like I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Like it's a you know spot on penalty. It it's weird that it always comes down to this. I I don't know. I maybe maybe it's because City are just that good of a team and they create that. It, it, at least they create that. So I I don't know. I don't know. They're just it, it, City either. 
you know, legally or illegally created this dynasty, basically. And probably illegally. We're going to find out soon, hopefully. Um, I don't know. It is what it is. The players are there, and they are just some of the best players in the world. So you expect them to win games, and they do. We're going to move on to Sunday. So Man City applied the pressure, but Arsenal relieved themselves of that pressure, getting a cool 3-0 win over Fulham. Uh, Gabriel, space, Martinelli, space, Odegaard, space, all getting on the goal sheet in this game, all happening in the first half, and then Arsenal just put themselves in cruise control. Uh, Lissandro Trossard getting an assist on every single goal. A hat trick of a hat trick of, of assists in the first half is actually something quite impressive. Um, this game got chippy at times. Like it, it, it got a little like you know heated at moments. But Arsenal never lost their cool. This was a very easy and relaxed three points for Arsenal. JD. I'd like to talk about this game more, but honestly, there isn't much to talk about what I described. Like, the first half was all Arsenal, and then the second half was just cruise control. Clinical. That's the only word I can use. It was just clinical. Arsenal, first half, scored all the goals they needed and just sat back and controlled the game. Second half. There's there's not much else to say. I think Fulham have been so good this season for the team they are. And it, that's it's just kind of what happens when you play a just much better team. It, it can happen, and I, I think Arsenal were just on the on the level that they have shown for most of the season, and I can't find any faults in it. All right, let's do this. Okay, yeah, um, just just go is, off. Do you want is, me to say is, my points first? No, so the, I, I I'm not going to talk as long i'm just gonna get to points and then we can go from there uh this is my reminder to you to bring up harry Maguire at some point during this conversation okay yes um, let me let me just hold on let me just say my harry Maguire thing so by all means whenever he came on i, I don't remember what minute it was does it say i saw no, i saw just... bomb i saw bombs going off in the back of my head when it was zero zero and harry Maguire was coming in by the way man united zero southampton zero <laughs> um yeah, when it was like two minutes left in the game and I saw Harry Maguire coming on, I, I'd, I'd like to say I lost all physical control of every aspect of my body and almost started crying because I'm like, no, it's not going down like this. It just can't go down like this. So I'm watching this game and I see Harry Maguire's number come up and he's standing there and I don't know who was commentating this game, but he said, well, when you can't win a game... You throw Harry Maguire on right now, and, and he's gonna he's gonna not let you lose it. And I, just, I was like, what? <laughs> actually, that, you actually brought up a wonderful point. I, I was like, like I was like, up. this yeah. is what you don't do. <laughs> so, in much controversy, there were a lot of hot topic points from this game. Uh, the most being a straight red card given to Casemiro, his second this season for Man United, which means he will now miss the next four domestic games, which includes one FA Cup quarterfinal match against um, Fulham, and then three Premier League games, including Newcastle, Brentford, and I forget the third one. My apologies. Um, I will be 100% honest. The red card, 50-50. I don't like the fact that I've seen, not just this week, but in past weeks, something very similar to this, where the player who makes the challenge gets yellow, a talking, and then just has to just 
they have to like live on a tight rope because even the lightest foul is going to have them see second yellow. This is the second time this VAR ref has given Casemiro a reviewed VAR red card, which I would also like some form of investigating on because I feel like that's like Real Madrid hurt this VAR ref at some point, like in a bet or something. And now he's just taking it out on sweet, poor Casemiro. Um, sweet, poor Casemiro. The, the, guy, the, my... guy who should, the guy who should have the record in La Liga for most red cards. Well, that's just not true. What is Sergio Ramos supposed to have on his belt? Like, that's like, that's Ramos. Well, that's thing. okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He should, he should be one behind Sergio Ramos. And that's for the also record not, well, that's also on, on, not true. Pepe existed in that time frame too. Uh, I'd put, I'd put Casemiro's brute force challenges over Pepe, honestly. Pepe was more yeah, of but, a, not his challenges. It was him off the ball. But that's what I'm saying. Like, but Pepe off the ball was a tyrant. Like, Pepe, <laughs> like, Pepe, I am surprised Pepe didn't storm into a crowd at some point in his Real Madrid career and fight somebody. Cause like, oh, no, that's what also, that's what Manchester United legends do. Well, be racist. Be racist, and Eric. I'm just, is uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like Eric, Cant- <laughs> Eric Cantonal is doing God's work, jumping I'm, into crowds, no, boots first. I'm not, I'm not saying he, it wasn't warranted. I'm just saying he did that. <laughs> oh, but um. Other talking points from this game were, um, surprisingly enough, even though Man United were down for about two-thirds of this game, they were still quality-wise the better team. Southampton, of course, dominated more of the ball, but Man United had more quality. Their chances were a little bit better, but um, a few talking points I have are, of course, I'm going to jump to them. The two no penalty calls, like four, it would have been four United, it... Anthony Taylor had a perfect view of both and just not only didn't go to VAR on either of them, but just was just like, nope, this is fine. This is okay. And it is very much like it just seems one-sided. Like at one point in this game, it felt like Man United was physically down two guys because it was 10 versus 12. It was literally the 10 remaining United players and Southampton plus one. And gosh darn it, if every soft foul Southampton got wasn't in 30-yard territory for James Ward-Prowse, and he almost put in a few. This is just a game that just seemed like Man United was getting picked on. Like, we actually felt, I, like, towards the end of the game, I was like, just have it end 0-0, just because with the way the game has been refed and called, they're just going to try to put the ball into the net for Southampton. Like, the ref's physically going to pick the ball up and put it past David De Gea, because that's what they want. It physically, at one point, felt like that, which is, again, it takes away from the purity of watching the game. Like, if you're going to let the boys play, don't give Casemiro the red card. If you're going to call the game tight, and give everything, then Man United are deserved of the two penalties not called. It is, it's just like, it was literally one side of the game was only called for one team. Like, Man United got the strict calls, but then again, also were just told to play through the penalties, which is like, if you're going to call a game fair, you can't do that, which is going to bring me to my next topic, which is eliminate all referee positions in five years. It, our, whoever is in charge of making these decisions, start a plan this offseason, and in five seasons, eliminate the referee position across all professional uh, professional soccer. Just eliminate it. All checks and balances, sensors and shirts, computer programs. You have five years and unlimited wealth to get this done. 
these games don't have to happen. Like, JD, can you imagine in five years when you and I are sitting here talking about EPL soccer, refs are no longer a talking point? Like, do you know how wonderful that's going to be? We fuck it. Our episode would have been done 20 minutes ago if we didn't have to talk about these fucking refs. Major League Baseball fans are punching air right now hearing you say that. Because they've, they've, been, they've been advocating for that for, honestly, a decades at this point. And the technology's been there, and nothing's happened. <laughs> All referee positions. I, 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 everything. It, you, you can get rid of the linesmen, put sensors on the shirts. You can sensors actually. Now- actually, what you should do with the sensors on the shirts, linesmen, you could actually just have a machine going up and down the line. I like, I also don't I also which I don't I don't know how that would work. I don't I don't know have, how that works, especially if like the ball years. hit it or something like that. But but like five and that's what I'm saying. Five years. You have five years to perfect the perfect technology to eliminate human error from this game. I think this is like the start of one of those movies, uh, like iRobot. iRobot, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I just, I, I, I sit here and I just think to myself, like, everything the refs can do can be replaced by a computer. Everything. Every lat, there is no part of a ref's job. Oh, what? Oh, you want to add, the second you turn this into, well, you have to add the human factor. Ah, wrong. Boom. Error, 404 error page not found. You are not allowed to have a human factor when refereeing. It is checks and balances. It is yes and no's. It is do's and do nots. This is just a game where Man United looked the better team, down a guy, down two players, if we're counting the refs. And it just feels like Man United kind of got screwed. This would have been a massive three points for Man United. if Because if this game continued at 11v11, Man United were going to see this game through. And they were going to get all three points. And it just seems like two dropped points. I give Man United all the credit in the world. Because everything against them, they still didn't break. Which is very big. Uh, Veron and Martinez put in a hell of a fucking shift. Scott McTominay coming off the bench, putting a hell of a fucking shift in. Uh, we're going to get Mick Fred for like three weeks. So like, get ready for that. Super fucking excited. Didn't even know fucking Sabitzer got hurt. <sighs> JD, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Make your points and let's move on. So to start off my points, the Casimir red card is the definition of endangering the safety of an opponent. I, I think that's what they sh- like that challenge is what they should be showing prospective referees on how to spot a red card. Well, good thing there won't be prospective referees anymore because in five years the position is going to be eliminated. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just saying. You go over the ball. Sure, you get to the ball first. You go over the ball. Not only did you go over the ball, you lunged and you left the ground to go for the ball studs up and you connect with the opposing player's shin above his shin that's the definition of a red card i i'm I'm sorry in no way like i the reason casemiro didn't get a lot of red cards in la liga is because he played for real madrid in la liga and that's a thing it's funny that his first season in the premier league he got suspended one game for having five yellows and then he's had two red cards now like it's it's kind of like Maybe they weren't officiating properly in La Liga. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not giving credit to the Premier League refs. Fuck them. I'm just saying. Like that's a clear red card. Now here's here's what I'm gonna say, Matt. And you're not gonna like it. 
but I'm going to back it up. Casimir got set off 34th minute, very early on in the game, in the grand scheme of things. Do you think, just maybe, United didn't play very well? Because when you look at the statistics of the game, Southampton had more shots. They tied on shots on target, 4-4. Four and four. That makes sense for a 0-0 game. Southampton had not considerably more, but more possession, 55-45. to 45. More passes, better pass accuracy, 40, 84% for Southampton right. to 78% for United. JD, I'm going to say this, you know, this game uh, screams a draw. I, no, I, JD, I understand JD, that going no, down a player no, no, means no, something, no. but the, where United is on the table and Southampton is, Ooh, okay. I think, no, I, so I think United I, just did not play very well. All right, that might be the dumbest thing you've ever said recording. I'm not actually, I'm actually full-scale triggered. That's the dumbest thing you've ever said. Um, Matt, these are two teams who play in the highest division of soccer. The highest. There is nothing higher on the competitive scale than the English Premier League in the world. So are you telling me that Man United being down a man, this isn't a friendly where a team is down a guy against someone in the third division and, oh, and you're still expected to fucking wipe them. These are professional players at the highest level. The fact that Man United kept it to 55-45% possession. What do you expect a team like Man United to do with passing? They have to fucking string long balls all the way downfield. They had to do what they had to do. And the fact that they still looked the better team I think I think shows so Marcus much Rash character. I think if Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandes didn't dive, they would have oh ran away with this game. Oh my god. First of all, neither one of them dove. The, the videos are out completely that they both were penalty-deserving tackles. I Again, I don't have to sit here and justify it. These videos are out on the internet. You have made your opinion one way or another. But to say Man United did not have a good day is really fucking bad, seeing as they've played two-thirds of the game down a guy and against the refs. Like, again... I've never seen, I cannot remember the last time Manchester United were this bullied in a game by not the opposing team. Like, I actually don't remember the last time I walked away from a game going, literally, a different ref, a different VAR ref, and this game is completely different. Like, this game is actually completely different. Give Casemiro the red card all you want. But if you're going to be making calls like that, you have to be making penalties too. You can't sit here and be doing one to the other. Because I'll tell you right now, if Man United committed one of those fouls, the handball, either one of the challenges in the box, it would have been a penalty. Nine times out of ten, wouldn't have even been VAR'd. And I, I don't even have I to... Just, the, his, history does not back that up with the Premier League. Oh. History does well, not back that up. We're not talking about history. No one lives in the history. We live in the now. And right now, Man United got fucked out of two points. That's all I have to say. Man United got screwed out of two points. And if we get to the end of the season and Man United have to go into the final day of the season, literally scraping by by a point, I'm going to be thinking back to the Southampton game. I'm going to be thinking back how to the Premier League literally was like, no, we have to keep Southampton competitive. We have to keep Southampton in it. Or we have to continue making sure Man United struggles. And I'm not sitting here saying, oh, boo is Man United. Sorry. Again, sucks being at the top. It sucks when everyone wants you to fail. But at the same time, it's like, you got if you're going to make calls, you got to make all the calls. If you're not going to make a call, then you don't need to make the call. If Casemiro didn't get a red card, I don't even talk about the penalties. I wouldn't even talk about the penalties. I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. United got a 50-50 call their way. 
You can't really expect the ref to just give all the 50-50 calls to Man United. But today, the day of the game, all the 50-50 calls went to Southampton. Every 50-50 call went to Southampton. And it was really funny that like any soft foul outside the box for Southampton, whistle. The whistle blew before the player was even on his way down. Because, oof, wouldn't it be nice to see James Ward-Prowse get a free kick at Old Trafford in a one nothing win? Oof. Storylines. You love to see it. Credit is hell to Eric Ten Hag and Manchester United. That was a hell of a fucking result to get 0-0 being that down. And now you go on to Thursday and you go and you seal out your Europa League tie, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Next game. Fucking, I'm closing this up. <laughs> West Ham. West Ham won. Aston Villa won. Uh, ben Rama's penalty. And Ollie Watkins' goal would be the only goals in this game. JD, I would be lying if I said that this TV ever even this game even graced my TV. Um, it was entertaining, but not. It, it was entertaining back and forth, but not as much as it could have been. Like for West Ham, this is massive because a point keeps you actually above the drop. Bournemouth are now, even with the win against Liverpool, are now in that 18th spot, and West Ham are on the same amount of points with them and Leicester, but the goal differential is literally by the dots. Like, it's actually kind of crazy how much goal differential is probably going to be a factor. And JD, like, Liverpool might have put Bournemouth down strictly on the minus nine goal differential at the beginning of the season. Like, that actually, like... Yeah, that, could... that, that, that really hurts them. <laughs> so, it's because, like, you look at the goal differential, and, like, minus 26, which, funny enough, Nottingham Forest has the exact same amount... That's a, that's a number. That is a number if I've ever seen one. But yeah, JD, I'll hand this off to you. Aston Villa, I feel like at times we're the better club, but for me, it's like you, you didn't get the job done. And and what are we doing here? It's I, I think this game it deserved a draw based on the chances, based on everything. I I, I just don't have anything to say. I, I yes, this is huge for West Ham. Don't get me wrong. Villa are cruising. It doesn't matter. You know, you pick up points here and there. They've done enough. West Ham, you get anything you can. And cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like to apologize with the Arsenal game and the United game being on at the same time. It, it, it was hard for me to keep up my third eye on, the, on West Ham versus Aston Villa, much the best game of the three, right? Um, final game of Sunday... Newcastle 2, Wolves 1. Um, JD, you and I called it, and I'll even give a, I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout-out to one wonderful listener. We've all been begging for Isak to get consistent playing time and starts, and he comes on and like he plays and gets a goal. Like It's just him and Miguel Almiron both getting on the goal sheet. Um, the only talking point I want to bring up, because I think Newcastle overall had the majority of the control in this game, is Nick Pope a liability? Because, like, he comes out, and sometimes he makes some very, very, very... Like, he almost did the whole, like, hand... Not the handball thing, but almost the big, like, straight red card that could have led to something bad thing again. Like, Nick Pope lives on the edge. Like, Nick Pope is Fast and the Furious if he, if goalies were a movie. Like, it's... He's still, he's still better than Jordan Pickford for England. Yes. Um, that bar is not high. That that bar is. I know at it's ankle not high, level. but it, it, it's funny how Pickford usually still starts. <laughs> that bar is at ankle level. Like as long as you're not dragging your feet, you can get over that bar. Like you don't need James Cameron to 
do a deep dive to, in the Marianas Trench to find that bar. Yeah, it's like you could snorkel and find it. I don't want to take anything away from the Newcastle Wolves game, but like seriously, power rankings for England goalkeepers, it literally comes down to Nick Pope, Jordan Henderson, and um, Jordan Henderson. Not, wow. not Jordan Henderson. Not Jordan is he? Henderson, is he? Is he switching positions? Dean. Dean Henderson. My apologies. First of all, Jordan Henderson would be a better goalie than, than probably yeah Pickford. Pickford. But yeah, he has lo- he has Dean, longer arms. Yeah, Dean Henderson, <laughs> and then maybe Jordan Pickford if I'm not thinking of a third right, English the, goalie. Dean Henderson, the guy that doesn't even play. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm just yeah. saying the guy that doesn't even play. He wears baseball hats on the field. Okay, all, when it's sunny. He, when it's if sunny. You're, if your goalie wears a hat, he gets plus five at all attributes. This is like <laughs> NFL Street when the whole career thing. Like, if you grab certain equipment, you get five better at things. And that's what Dean Henderson gets when he puts on the hat. Like, uh, and you know it's like they grabbed that out of, like, the gift shop right before the game. Like, fuck, our goalie needs a hat. And you just have, like, some intern run to the fucking mega store and just, like, just grab the first hat they say. Dude, I want Dean Henderson. Next time he actually plays... And he was gonna if he was gonna wear a hat, he needs to wear one of those like Peaky Blinders hats. Like what do you like um, the bowler yeah. hats? Yeah, that or, no, not a, a not a bowler hat. Is that what it is? It's, I, it's, it, I, there's a lot. It's, of like, it's like a ways. beret type yeah. hat, but yeah. there's a lot of like they like Yashin Yashin used to yeah. wear one. Like yeah. that would be cool if if yeah. he just like because he's like the only guy I think of yeah. now that would wear a hat. So like wear a cool hat. The Red Bull had a backup goalkeeper one year who literally only had one start, and the one start he wore a hat, and we literally <laughs> call it the Je- the the Jensen hat game because he actually got Are a clean shirt. What? Why did he wear a hat? You play in Red Bull Arena. That place is enormous. It no. probably blocks out the sun. No, I think I think we were away. I don't think we were home, but we all because okay. I think I think he got a clean sheet in the game, so we always refer to it as the Jensen hat game, and it's like you kind of like have that moment of where were you. Like, where were you when David Jensen put on the baseball hat? And I think Cincinnati. It was Cincinnati. That's what it was. Quick sidebar. What's going on with New York Red Bull? Because I know we're only three games in the MLS season, but... Oh, yo, you want to talk about some fucking bullshit? So, first of all, one, the Red Bull actually... I saw the highlights. I saw the highlights. The Red Bull finally scored their first goal. Three games in. We did it. It only happened to be a defender. Trust me, I'm not hitting the... Oh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, it was Reyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, but it also doesn't help that Andre Reyes didn't finish due to an injury, which would really just, like, okay, maybe now we got to start hitting the panic button. But the thing that, like, really, like, pissed me off, so we were playing in Minnesota, and it was snowing the whole fucking game, so, like, what? Yeah, that's, that's actually yeah. more why I watched the highlights, because it was yeah. like, ooh, snow game. No, <laughs> it was a good game. Overall, it was open. I think the Red Bull, for the third straight game, it sounds crazy, because we two draws and a loss. But we were the better team in all three. So I'm not, again, that's why I'm not worried. Like, we're dominating the ball. The press is working. We're getting the chances. Um, Thank you, Philadelphia Union. Corey Burke is just now my favorite player. Like, just everything about Corey Burke is just like, I needed this guy seven years ago. Like, I needed. He's a good player. And I'm not being sarcastic. I genuinely I I, I hope you're not. I genuinely like Corey Burke. I, Corey Burke is probably our most consistent forward like he's doing really good link up play and no one else wants to link up so that's but, that's what that's his bread and no. butter literally he being the the tall striker that has long ass legs that could, that can be 
quick. And I, I no. My only my only problem with the 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 game this past weekend was the field. The field's crew at halftime were bringing on heaters to like melt some of the snow. They only melted the snow on the side the Minnesota United were shooting at. Did they really? Like that's and I, and, that's and interesting. I kid, that's and, interesting. And, and, and I kid, and I kid you not, like. Gerhard Struber is a little bit of a hothead, but he even in the pros conference was like, who in the MLS do I need to talk to? Because that is about as blatant as it fucking gets. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you can't like, don't get me wrong though. The, the Minnesota's fucking themselves because people slip in the snow. I would love to have seen a, seen a Minnesota defender slip and it lead to a breakaway for the Red Bull. It never happened, but um well i mean at least they played the first half in the same condition so uh, yeah again it is what it is i feel like that's another game where the red bull should have gotten a win and they didn't again we have one of the better defenses in the league i'm i i I, as long as reyes is healthy for columbus on saturday i'll take that but jd um speaking of bad goalkeeping you want to talk about Philadelphia Union's one nothing win and like that was it oh, that was a blunder bad. that was a blunder that was the, the game oh, no, oh yeah yeah oh sorry sorry took yeah, me a second uh, I thought you were saying bad goalkeeping for like uh um Andre no. Blake going no, off no, injured no, I was just no, like no, no he pulled no, his groin he needed no, to go. no 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 yes, first of yes, all first of all first of all one first of all one don't wish injury I actually like Andre Blake as a goalie I think he like seems like a guy I would really root for if he was on my team uh, I hope he's okay because the groin injury as a goalkeeper is like oh shit yeah. big red flags. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a little concerned because that's that's not great that he immediately needed to come off. Yeah. He was able to walk off, which is yeah okay. But but but, but yeah but, Joe Bendick Joe Bendick came in and actually he had a couple saves. But yeah no 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 oh my god I completely forgot yeah Jacques sh- Torres love the guy uh great if you ha- great first goal uh it, it'll. <laughs> What a what a fucking awful goalkeeper mistake in the 90th minute. Yeah. Honestly, the Union were the better team. I think they should have scored before that, but I think they're they're still deserved winners. But at the same time, holy shit! Yeah, um, like if you just took that goal, like the actual goal that happened, but you said it happened in Minnesota in the snow. That makes sense. Yeah, a little snow on the ball. It just, no, it no. was it was just a normal day in Chester, Pennsylvania, and just doop. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go watch the goals. Uh, MLS, everything is on Apple TV. So if you don't, and have it's Apple fantastic. TV, yeah. Um, I'd like to be very clear. I watched the Atlanta United versus Charlotte game on Fox, and then immediately switched over to Apple TV for the rest of the like production. Apple TV is low-key shitting on anything I've ever watched before. Apple TV is doing It's fantastic. So- it's fantastic. Apple's- MLS 360. I, I'm i not saying I, I love the people on MLS 360, yeah. but the fact that it's a thing yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Apple T. If this is... And again, this is just the beginning. Like, we are still in the first month of Apple TV having a 10-year contract with MLS. Like, who knows what the fuck this is going to look like? in five years from now when reps I've had don't 10, exist i've had the minimum i've had is 1080p quality games if not 4k yeah with like, my with my 4k tv sometimes it's dropped to 1080p but that's fine because it's streaming I, like, I think, I've, I've not had i have nothing bad to say about this and, deal and the one thing i really like and i don't know if it's going to be something like long term but like 
I know the Red Bull have a few commentators in there. I know Danny Higginbottom, who was for the Union at Briefs Times. He's also a part of the Apple TV team now. I like how they just continue to mix and match guys. Like, sometimes when you have, like, you see them on local sports channels, you have the same two guys all the time. And sometimes it can get fucking boring or irritating. I like the fact that they kind of mix and match these guys. You have a game, you have a play-by-play and a color commentator. They just keep switching them. And I feel like that's going to keep it fresh. It's going to keep it unique. And honestly, I have not been disappointed. I've enjoyed everything Apple TV has provided so far. Again, we are not sponsored by Apple TV, but God damn it. That like Apple TV has been fucking killing it. And the fact that it's like free for so like it's free. If you're a season ticket holder, you got it for free. If you're a T-Mobile, T-Mobile, uh, yeah, T-Mobile, yeah. it's free. Like I, I should, if you're should already not. an Apple, if you're already an Apple TV Plus support or subscriber, knock off twenty bucks. It's only eighty dollars for the entire season for like, every single game in the league. It's a hundred. It's a, I I I only paid eighty because I'm already an Apple TV uh, Plus subscriber. So like I, it's it's a no brainer. It's so funny to then watch a goddamn Peacock Premier League game. Yeah, it um, is so bad. Oh my god, that's what I watched the United game on. Peacock is trash yeah um, absolute trash muff th- garbage you muff it's full of garbage uh, if you get that joke it's a, you watch it's South a, Park. it's it's a jersey <laughs> thing it's a jersey thing um <laughs> the only downside to apple tv and i really hope this is the only thing that's corrected is yes we have access to every game i would really like it if every game wasn't on at the exact same time well, that's that's an MLS thing. I feel like. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's I think more, that's, that's I, more of a yeah. league thing. I, I I just they need to work that out because the same thing that we talk about here on the prem is the same thing we're going to talk about with MLS, which is if you put there's all also the games way, that, there's also way more games. Yes, but I'm still saying like spread it out yeah, just a yeah. little bit. Like I, I think I, that's more of a league thing though. Yeah. That's not really Apple TV. Like, come on, Don Garber. You've been trying yeah, for 14 yeah, I mean, years I, to get I expect Sac- high thing. I, I have high hopes for Don Garber. You're trying to get Sacramento a soccer team, but let's just kind of spread out these games first. But what's up? Let's just not add any more fucking teams. We're gonna talk now <laughs> about all of the um, Champions League, Europa League. We're gonna run through these super quickly. Um, predictions, if you want. Porto are home against Inter. Inter are up one nothing. JD, do you think Porto... Now, again, the Portuguese teams, they've been a little, like, you gotta watch out. Do you think Inter can go to Portugal and find a way to advance the next round? I think this is gonna be a very interesting game because of what you've said about Portuguese teams. At the same time, I think Inter have what it takes. I think Porto don't usually get past this point. I think they, they use all their, you know good form in the champions league up until now i I think inter can close it out i'm gonna back the portuguese clubs here um i genuinely think porto at home is not an easy game for inter and inter just won at home like i actually genuinely genuinely think that porto i think are going to come out of this game they're going to start this game hot and they're going to just drive at inter and i don't know if inter have the quality this season to be able to sit there and take 90 minutes of abuse. So next game on Tuesday, Man City won, Rebel Leipzig won, RB Leipzig won. I think the first leg was cute. I think it was. I think, I, I think it, you know, Leipzig did 
you know, Leipzig did something that I don't think anyone really thought, which was, hey, they fucking made this a competitive leg. I think this stops like 35 minutes into the game. I think City go up 2 nothing. They go up early, and then it's just a cruise. What are you thinking? Yeah, um, for the same reason I talked about the Portuguese clubs, how they u- usually use up their good form the, in this competition, I think it's the opposite, where City usually make it a little farther, and they usually go out in the semifinals. So they'll make it that far, and then they'll fuck up again. Napoli has a 2-0 goal. Uh, this is Wednesday. Napoli have a 2-0 goal advantage uh, hosting Frankfurt. Uh, this is cut and dry. Napoli are the hottest team in Europe right now with some of the best players, like like production-wise, in Europe right now. Napoli will just bury Frankfurt. Like, it's cute, it's fun, yeah. but yeah. it's this is this is not going to be a fun game to watch. And then, yeah. re, and then Real Madrid are hosting Liverpool uh, up 5-2. J.D., uh, any hope, anything from this? The only thing that I can just cling to is any out of any team, or or just out of out of most teams that are normally in the Champions League, I would I I wouldn't be as shocked to see Liverpool, you know, come come like back from this. I'm not. I I have no hope. I have no hope. I'm just saying, it's if any team could do it, it's Liverpool. To 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 come back from three goals down in the Champions League in the second leg, the the problem is this leg isn't at Anfield. I would feel not as more like more confident, but just a little bit better if this leg was being played at Anfield. You know, because in recent history we've seen coming, you know, three nil, you know, down in the bur- or at, at Camp Nou. And then four nothing at Anfield to beat Barcelona to then eventually win the Champions League. It's kind of a similar situation here where Liverpool are three goals down, but it's at the Bernabeu, and I just don't think it's gonna happen. But if recent history tells us anything, Liverpool are the team that can do it. So I would, you know, I'll I'll go crazy if it does, if it happens, but it's probably not gonna happen. So I I don't have high hopes. <laughs> With the Europa League and the Europa League Conference, we're only going to talk about the Premier League teams. Man United are up 4-1 going away to Real Betis. Um, Even with Man United playing a game every three days, I think United probably come out with as normal of a squad as you can. And then when it gets to like the 55th, 60th minute, you're probably going to start to see some heavy rotated, more defensive guys. Um you know, Casemiro playing 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Casemiro, (laughs) Casemiro is going to play 195 minutes in this. Um, there's an ongoing joke that Casemiro just keeps getting red cards because he wants to take a fucking break because he's tired of playing 90 minutes three times a week. Uh, I don't fucking blame him. Um, I think, I think United should take care of that fairly easy. Real Betis, again, their best player, uh, Fakir is out for the end, out until the end of the season. So you don't have to worry about that as well. So, I don't know, JD. United don't have the best track record against uh, against Spanish clubs, but being up three goals and goal differential doesn't matter. Like the away goal doesn't matter anymore. I think I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, I think I think it'd be a little more interesting if the away goals mattered. Yes. Where like yeah, be you know that one goal you never know. Like I and then being home for Betis, but I at the same time United four one. The one thing I will say in the reverse fixture. It took a while for United to Absolutely. Get, get that lead. But now that they have it, I think if they play the same game 
I they'll be fine. Arsenal and Sporting go up. They both uh, 2-2 in the away fixture at Lisbon. Arsenal now are home. Arsenal have been flying. I think, and JD and I briefly talked about this when we were reviewing this this game, which is, this was fun. It was an exciting game, but like, Mikel Arteta heavily rotated people for the previous fixture. There will be no rotation. This will be Arsenal's best 11 guys and I think Arsenal at home take care of business. I, I Sporting is a very frisky team, and they've been doing cool things this season, but Arsenal at home should take care of this without an issue. I think a two by a two goal lead minimum. I don't I, I disagree a little bit. I, I think Arsenal will still go through. I, I disagree a little bit with the best eleven because I think Arsenal are in a situation where they need they they want to win the Premier League. I I think Mikel Arteta rotates not heavily, but just a couple guys, just to keep fitness because City, while five points behind, that's nothing. For Manchester City, that's nothing. Okay. Arsenal cannot slip up in the league, and Arteta knows that. So I I I don't see this as clinical as you do but I I think Arsenal still come out on top here if Arsenal don't win this if they knock out at this round it's an unfortunate boost yeah I think that's probably the best way you could describe it they want to they want to try and win the Europa League no question but it's an unfortunate boost that they are just solely focusing on the league and then the only team out of the Premier League in the Europa League Conference, West Ham, are up 2-0 to AEK Larnaca. Um, <laughs> who fucking cares? West Ham, can you just fucking win so there's something positive going on on that side of London? Like, yep, I, w- on, I, want, I want them to win a trophy and get relegated at the same time. It'd be so funny. <sighs> like, do you fu- like, what do you do with your coach? Hey, we're firing you because you got relegated. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I won a trophy. Just uh, flashbacks of Louis Van Hall. <sighs> dude, there's rumors that like, he knew he Two was days. getting... Dude, dude, he knew... People, like, there were rumors that, like, he knew he was getting fired even before that game happened. And it's just, like, that's got to be a hell of a feeling. Like, hey, I know I'm going to lose my job in three days. Might as well go win this trophy. Um... You're, you're lucky it wasn't a shit house. Like, yeah. Like imagine jo- imagine Jose Mourinho in that yeah. situation. Oh my god, it would have been terrible. It would have been fucking like terrible. I. <laughs> we have uh, we have two games to review really quickly. JD and I both got three correct picks. The fans got five correct picks, which brings our totals to JD at one eleven, myself at one twenty one, and the fans at one twenty three. So JD, we have two, only two games this week. They're happening on Wednesday. Brighton are going up against Crystal Palace. JD, I think Brighton are going to bounce back. I think Brighton are going to grab all three points. I agree. I think Brighton at home against a Palace side that narrowly lost to Manchester City. I still think Brighton are the better team. I At home, yeah, that's an easy one. And then the fi- and the fans as well are going to be agreeing Brighton is the way to go. Southampton and Brentford kick off on the exact same time on Wednesday. JD, I'll have you kick it off first. What are we thinking? I I think this is a spicier game than we might think. Um, Brentford just lost 
to an Everton side that they are much better than. And Southampton got a got a very, very positive result against Manchester United. Southampton are playing for their Premier League lives. Brentford are in a great spot where, yeah, they want to keep winning and, and getting points and everything. But at the same time, like they're, they're not even close to the relegation zone. I'm afraid of Southampton in this game because of, of that fact. They need points. Brentford don't need points as much as Southampton do. I'm going to go with a draw. I, nice. Under any other circumstances, I, I would have Brentford destroying Southampton. But I am a little shocked, but unsurprised, in Southampton's position, how much they need points. I'm a little shocked at how, much, how they're kind of getting them here and there. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a draw here. The fans went heavily with Brentford, and I am too going to go heavily with Brentford. As, as um, all of you should. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I can't get over the fact, and again, this is not me, the United fan talking. This is just me, the spectator of football talking. I cannot get over the fact that Southampton were up a man for 60 minutes, damn near 60 minutes of football, and still looked like the second best team on the field. And on, a, like, and on another day, James Ward Prowse puts in two free kick goals. Yeah, two, two, one of them hit the side netting. One of them hit the post. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's, one, that's what I'm saying. Like on on, a, on another day, he actually yeah. scores both of yeah. those. The one so that hit I, the the one that hit the post, my heart just stopped beating for two full seconds. Like just like I actually like my entire body lost feeling when all I heard was ding, and I'm like, I just I froze, like. If I was walking downstairs, I would have fallen. Um, that brings us to the end of the games. That to preview, we are now. We have a few fan questions. Uh, nice little longer episode. It's been a while since we've had one of these. So let's get in. Let's go to. We have three fan questions. First one's coming from JC. JC asks, "What is your all-time favorite starting back four? And that includes the goalkeeper. In parentheses, JD, you are not allowed to be biased. So I don't know." why he would say anything like that jd but um you want to well, go well, you okay can... okay how about this bias to get for liverpool specifically or oh, can I... that include philadelphia union because i have some picks there too oh for the all time jd all time every single defender in history if i hear one philadelphia union on this <laughs> i'm going to cry we're gonna go you know okay. what Let, let's go one at a time let's go one at a time we'll start with the goalkeeper I have to go with Edwin Vandersar. Edwin Vandersar for me is just like he did it at the top level for some of the best clubs. He's won it all. He's done it. He's probably the most rewarded goalkeeper in history. And just he was and now looking at it past his prime and I get it. He's not in football anymore, but he's still you could, you could see his football mind is running Ajax. Like that alone, I think Edwin Vandersar is my my goalie if I'm choosing one. Yeah, um, I see. I wasn't watching at that time during his time, um, so I don't know as much about it. Like, obviously, history, you know, the the accolades. That's not a bad pick for my time of watching soccer. Um, probably Peter Check. Okay. If I'm gonna throw a name out there, yeah. Obviously, this is like I didn't know this question was being asked, so I have had no time to think about it. So I, I'll say Peter Check. Yeah, I, I'm doing much better not looking at the questions ahead of time. I would like to also be surprised when you're surprised. So I'm looking at these questions now as we're talking about them. Um, left back, 
This is this is going to be interesting. Left back is such Roberto a, Carlos. Come on. I, I mean, Roberto. Of course, Roberto Carlos is a shout. I'm trying to think of something a little bit more outside of the box. Um, Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole is a shout. Ashley Cole is very much a shout. I like Ashley. I mean, Cole. It, I, it, it, if if Roberto Carlos didn't create the idea of an attacking left back, Ashley Cole cemented it. Yeah. Okay, no, that's that's a good call. I, I will agree, Ashley Cole, because I, I don't want to say Patrice Evra. I like Patrice Evra. That's like the whole like bias thing. I like Patrice Evra, but like I don't include him in the best left backs of all time. Like that's that's Yeah. That's, yeah, I yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like I mean I could even say like Zanetti, you know uh, I'll throw one out there, Maxwell. Maxwell? He played everywhere oh, and well. played at a very high level. JC's going to like that answer. Um, Maybe, because he played in the French League for a while. Oh, well, of course. Uh, <laughs> let's hit the right back position, then we'll finish with the center back. Trent turns. Alexander. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will end this recording, not send it to you, and I will waste an hour of your fucking I mean, life. Here, here's the thing. Trent could become the greatest right back of all time. He's only 24. Yes, yes, but he would People have to... People forget he's yes, won everything, and yes, he's only 24. Yes, but he would have to learn how to defend. Like, that's part nah, of he's, the... He's been a great defender the last half season. I, um, I, no, I, I, I'm not, that's not my pick. <laughs> I don't know. D- David Alves is, I think, definitely a shout. Danny, Danny, Danny Alves. Alves. Danny Alves. Yes, if you're apologies. going off of trophies won at the highest yeah. level, probably have to agree with Danny Alves. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, you have um, Philip Lom. Philip Lam. Also. Lam- well, because I, 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 the thing is, is Philip Lam is He was a converted unique. midfielder. Yeah, but because he, he could play on the so left. But so was Danny yeah. Alves, basically. Yeah. I, he could play on the left side, he could play on the right side, and he could play at the CDM. Philip Lamb was truly, truly unique for yeah. his position. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Danny Alves, I think. I mean, you got to throw Cafu into there. Yeah, but Cafu was also one of those who kind of, like, for a huge chunk of his career, was a center back as well. Like, it, just depending yeah. on, like, it's, it's the era. So, um, all right, we'll go center back one at a time. Um... I this is this is a bias. Don't save don't save a ditch. No, I'm I'm not, I I think Vidic I think Vidic is on oh, a Vidic, top yeah. t- I think Vidic is on a top 10 like best center backs of all time like it, like I don't know if you can name people like I'd have a tough time naming people above Vidic but I don't think Vidic is the best of all time. Uh if I'm building a pairing, I'm putting in Rio Ferdinand. I think Rio Ferdinand was like Rio Ferdinand, if you look up videos of Rio Ferdinand, he, just a freak. He was taller than everyone. He was faster than everyone. He was fucking fearless. And he'd kill you. Like, I loved Rio Ferdinand. So I'm going to go with Rio for one of mine. JD, give me one of yours. Paolo Maldini. Oh, that's such a dub. That's such a fucking dub. Um, I mean, it, it, it's vanilla. It's a vanilla-ass pick. Yeah, but like, well... Hey, I, it's, cor- it's correct. Well... Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. My next pick was going to be my more vanilla one. It was going to be Nesta. You know, you want to talk about greatest center backs in Champions League history. You cannot talk about Nesta. So yeah. And then what about you? What's that final pick look like? Oh, he's a he's a great manager for uh, former Barcelona manager and uh, current Netherlands manager Ronald Koeman. That's a highest shout- scoring highest yeah. scoring center back of all yeah. time. 
Like, and it's always weird, like, for me, someone who plays Ultimate Team, like, you ever, you see someone with, like, a Ronald Coleman card, and you're like, well, why do they have that? Like, his defensive stats are okay, but then, out of nowhere, his center back is trailing forward, and you're like, wait a second, why is his center back running through the middle of my field? Oh, fuck, I just got scored on by Ronald Coleman. Well, the thing is, like, he he was a world-class defender, but he could also yeah score free kicks, like... <laughs> It, it, it's just such an asset to have. Like, so I, a, a pairing of Paolo Maldini and Rado Komen, stop it. Like, yeah. I, JC, you can let us know if we were biased there. I don't think, I think maybe the Rio pick was probably the most biased of the bunch. And I don't think I was biased in any way. I, I, I mean, I could have said, I could have said Jacob Glesnes and Virgil van Dyke and John, you know, John Tolkien. I would like to change my John left Tolkien. back pick to John Tolkien is the greatest left back I've ever... He's not even... Kai Wagner is like 10 times the left back of, of John Tolkien. Because no, no. he knows... He he doesn't have to change his hairstyle to like, you know, start fresh for the season. Feathered, Kai Wagner's just that... <laughs> feathered and lethal, you just don't get that combo anymore. Oh, Let's God. move on. Justin asks a question. Let's see. Who would win a battle of the red card accumulation between Casemiro and Pepe? We had this conversation already. We did. We, um, did, we did kind of. I, 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 here's the thing. I think if we're talking about on the field, JC, JC, JD made a good point. Who knows what type of benefits Casemiro got because he was on Real Madrid and he already played with Sergio Ramos and Pepe. I think Pepe is the one who would win strictly because Casemiro kind of seems like a casual guy when it's coming to like scrummishes and things like that. Pepe, except when he has his arm around somebody's neck, but Pe you know. Pepe literally is looking like you look at Pepe. Pepe, yeah, he like, wants to he wants to fight people. Yeah, like Pepe, Pep. If the Portuguese offered hockey as a child, I think Pepe would have become a professional hockey player. He's like, wait a second, I get to hit people and I get to fight people and, like, I don't get to, like, leave the game? This is fucking great. Like, yeah. I, No, I, I think I think it's, it's like I said before earlier in the episode, I think Pepe, a lot of his red guards were off the ball. Like, where Casemiro now is finding himself, well, and actually, well, Casemiro's first red card with United was off the ball. But I, a lot of his, a lot of his yellow cards and just fouls have been, on the ball where he, he's a very physical player and he was like that in La Liga. They just didn't really call it right. He probably should have had a lot of red cards, but you know, it's the Real Madrid treatment in, in the last couple years yeah. for Casemiro. I think it was, it, it, it was a little different, you know, 10 years ago when it was Pepe and Sergio Ramos in their prime, I, I think that's where oh, the bulk of Sergio Ramos and Pepe's red cards came, and I think times have changed for Real. Final question: Andy asks if you could change, if you could make one change, just one change to the EPL ref slash VAR, what would it be? And we've already wow. discussed, and we've already discussed this. I'd have them all gone, and just Fuck replaced them all with to death. just. Just replaced, fuck them all. replaced with computers. Every last one of them. We can do this. Like, I hate to do the whole million dollar man thing, but we have the technology. Like, we have the technology. Like, if you went to every single owner in the Premier League or anyone that needs to make a decision along the English, Feder uh, the English Football Federation, imagine having a system where there are no errors. 
Because I have to, I have to think. The number one complaint every single week the FA get is, hey, this ref fucked this up, this ref fucked this up, this ref fucked this up. I Imagine just not having that. Like, imagine just being like, nah, we have a computer system that does it all. It's good now. We're good. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree, but my answer to that question, if one, just one thing, just one thing. One kiss is all it takes, JD. Post- game ref interviews oh i mandatory both managers are interviewed after every game no matter the result of two to three players are interviewed after every game no matter matter the result post game referee interviews make I... it a thing because holy shit i'd be all for it I uh I might want to change my answer. That might be the best response. I that's now all I want in life. I because nothing would have made me better than having the VAR ref and 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 the ref for the. Not even, I mean honestly, no. ju- just the just the center ref. No, I, no, because okay, you know what? Hold on. Now I actually am changing it back to replace them all with computers. No, because I can't wait for every single ref to turn out and go. Well, I was listening to VAR. VAR said nothing, and like that'll be the cop out answer until the cop cows come home. Like it literally- See, the thing is, though, if, if that's consistent, if that's if that is the consistent air- answer, like I just didn't hear anything from VAR, then the, the Pogmol, like PGMOL, will have no choice but to make changes. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, obviously that's not the case. Yeah, like- I'm I'm just I'm very much along the lines of take away the human factor from definitive answers. Because depending on what ref you get on what day against what opponent at what time could be a completely different change and we've seen it more often than not and we have the technology just get rid of them all that's it like we can live in a society where there are no errors like imagine imagine living in a perfect society a utopia of not having refs ruin soccer that is where we are going to end this episode. It was a long one. We It's been a while since we've had something trickle into the almost hour and 20 minutes, but we do want to thank every single last one of you for sticking around this long. Hopefully this episode lasts a few days to get you through your week and all of the wonderful soccer, both in the Premier League and outside of the Premier League. If you are not already, please give us a follow at the EPL Boys for all of your updated EPL Boys information. As well, if you are not already, please hit the subscribe button and make sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever streaming platform you are working on. Subscribing lets you know the second the episode comes out, and the five-star review will let the next person know you enjoyed what you are listening to. So for JD, my name is Matt. Guys, I want you to be safe. I want you to be well, and we will see you guys next time. Peace out. Oh